Welcome to the State Support Team 11 podcast. I'm Eric Neal, and today we're joined by Barbara Boone. She's the director of the Statewide Family Engagement Center at The Ohio State University. Uh, Thanks for joining us. How are you, Barbara? I'm doing well, Eric. Thanks so much for the chance to come and talk with you today. Absolutely. Uh, We're talking family engagement, something near and dear to my heart. Um, Tell us about the Statewide Family Engagement Center and the work that you do there. Sure. So our team is at The Ohio State University, and we are located in the Center on Education and Training for Employment. And that's a a center in the College of Education and Human Ecology. And our center is a translational research center. That means that we take the discoveries of research and try to apply that um, to our to our schools, to our uh, communities. We want to take um, research-based ideas and get them um, in use and so that they benefit all of our, our students and our families and our community. So we're in a translational research center and we are um, a family engagement center, a statewide family engagement center. We uh, received a, one of 11 federal grants two years ago to be a statewide family engagement center. And that means that we are providing technical assistance and training and resources to school professionals and to community members, but also for families. So in our center, we um, we have a, a website that's a really robust uh, website full of resources for um, families and, and uh, education professionals and others who are interested in supporting families and schools working together. Um, We also uh, provide training, as I said. We do a lot of our training with Ohio school districts and school leaders and teachers, but also directly with families. Last week, I got to spend some time with grandparents who are raising school-age children and talking with them about how to support their um, grandchildren's uh, education during this time of virtual learning. And then uh, one of the things that we did recently that in in the area of training is on September 17th, we had a summit. Family Engagement Leadership Summit for Ohio. We had over 900 uh, folks register um, and take part in that event. So um, we'd provide a lot of training. And then technical assistance is also, that's where we get the phone calls and folks asking us, can you help us out here? Can you consult with us? Can you kind of give us that expert advice? And so we are available to do that with districts. We also work really closely with the um, the Ohio Department of Education, you know, when they were developing their restart guidance for schools, we were able to partner with them to really help develop the part around working with families in this, uh, at this time. Um, Or just yesterday, the Department of Education released the whole child framework. And we were a partner in writing that. There are a couple sections in there around working together with families is really how we go about having a holistic approach to education um, for our kids. and also, you know, we, we provide technical assistance in the areas, really understanding um, all the requirements around how schools work with families that, re, um, that are supported by Title I funds or our students with exceptionalities or families um, who are fostering students or, or, or families experiencing homelessness. So we really try, try to be very well-rounded um, in our uh, guidance and that we offer to folks. We have a state advisory council that's made up of over 60 people, and most of them are um, parents or caregivers or high school students, and also other folks from state agencies in Ohio who really help guide our work, who we share things with, who help us to have sort of eyes and ears around the state of Ohio, and that really helps us um, be connected in many ways to the needs and the interests of families around 
Ohio. And another thing that we really try to do is to just provide guidance in a timely way to um, Ohio schools and families. And we do that through um, some guidance. We have a monthly newsletter that's really guidance around different topics of family engagement that we put out every month that we have over a thousand subscribers now and I hope we'll get more from this podcast. People who subscribe and each month we're connecting and trying to provide recommendations, sort of research-based guidance, good ideas and examples from schools around Ohio as well. And we're on social media too, because you just have to be, right? You know, we have to be on Facebook and that's really, we have a Facebook group for families primarily. And then we use Twitter quite a bit also to sort of, um, we really want to lean in and help um, people understand where family engagement fits across the so many issues and um, important initiatives in education. So that's yeah, what we do. Like, it sounds like you guys really just touch every part of the topic. And that, that's exciting work that you're doing over there. You know, we, we hear a lot about family engagement and people throw that term around a lot these days. But you know, why is family engagement in education important? Well, it's important. Um, why is it important? Well, let me share with you, family engagement, what I like to say, is a lot like mission control for a space launch. You know, just this week, this incredible space um, mission took place where this OSIRIS-REx, which I know very little about, I, I, I know hardly anything about these things, but I'm amazed by them, that this NASA sent off this spacecraft years ago that's landed on an asteroid that's 200 million miles away and it took a sample of it and it's going to bring this back. I'm just amazed by that. Or when recently, um, you know, we lost, uh, we had that combined uh, launch with SpaceX and NASA bringing uh, astronauts to the International Space Station. This is what stuck with me when I read about that was one of the lead people on this um, launch, particularly of the first, that the the, the launch that went to the asteroid is that after a decade of planning, this team was celebrating and they're still working, but they, it was a decade of planning and family engagement in education is a lot like that. It's a long-term commitment by a lot of people, in a lot of different roles, because for a mission control launch, we need mathematicians, we need physicists, we need engineers of all kinds. We need so many people playing different roles to make that a su successful launch. And it's just like launching our kids to success. We need families. We need our educators. We need teachers. We need administrators. We need school counselors and social workers and community members, coaches, all those people who wrap around and work together to overcome the challenges, when we make mistakes, when, we, um, when things aren't going well, when we're really working against some really significant challenges like we are now, when these people are all working together, that's when we see success. And that's why family engagement is so important. And that's sort of what keeps us really working at it each day at the Statewide Family Engagement Center. We see benefits for families. We see benefits for students. We see higher attendance rates, higher graduation rates. We see kiddos who are completing homework more often, who have higher literacy rates, who feel like they belong at school, who are really more uh, motivated to learn. 
These are a lot of the benefits that we see through research when families and schools are working well together. And we see benefits for schools, you know, even against all odds. There are studies in the city of Chicago, across the country, year after year, what we see is sometimes the difference maker when we compare schools and one that we really see student achievement has small gaps and that students are achieving well and others that are really struggling more. One of the consistent factors is that the school that is, um, has higher achievement has significant efforts towards really working well with families. So that's why we see that this work is important and we see benefits for teachers. You know, one of the, one of the, the really strong impacts for teacher job satisfaction is their level of support they feel from families. And so that's why we want to continue with this work. We want longevity, we want support for our teachers, we want schools that are successful at reaching all and teaching all students. We want our students to be supported and families benefit as well. So all around, we see a lot of benefit from this work of um, engaging families. But what we realize now, and, and you know, I don't think anyone would disagree with us, is that we see this opportunity. We see these great impacts for students, for schools, for teachers, but we realize that we, we not everyone, not every student is experiencing that yet. Not every family is really um, engaged. And so that's what keeps us working and keeps us learning and keeps us uh, wanting to sort of talk and train in the ways that we are learning are the most effective ways of reaching all families and working well with all families. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I really am interested in systems work. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, my, my wife teaches third grade and she's just one of those people who naturally has that gift of engaging families. And mm -hmm. uh, in her mind, she's like, well, everybody does this. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's not always that way. And, you know, in, unless you're doing things systematically, it's really hit and miss for what, what you're going to get, you know, as a family. I have school-aged children and, you know, it, so it, it makes a lot of sense that you really would want to focus in on that, that real planning and that structure, setting it up so the teachers mm -hmm. all feel supported and, and able to do that important work and the families are all recognizing it. Um, you, you kind of spoke mm -hmm. about some families traditionally being left out. I know, um, you know, a lot of the traditional things we used to do didn't really reach everybody. You know, how have we evolved from things like that, that back to school night or the, those real traditional things that were kind of just, you know, here, it's the one and done, we engaged people, now we're moving on to the regular work. Yeah, Eric, you know, we are, you know, I think we're seeing a shift and we're really working towards a shift from sort of engaging and working with families because we have to, right? I think you, you kind of alluded to that because we kind of know it's the right thing to do, but it's not seeing it as critical to our work or necessarily up as a part of our instruction or our positive behavioral supports or in our interventions. And what we know, and I'm so glad you used the word systemic or systematic. So family engagement that's effective, we see is systemic. It's not um, sort of good in second grade and in fifth grade, but not in between. It's not one teacher here and one teacher there, but it's really when a school system has um, training for educators, but also policies and practices that support educators and families working together. You know, we have made a shift from uh, events. We still hold events. They're, 
they can be beneficial, but what we're noticing is that too often our, our focus was on sort of counting the number of heads that came to an event right. and then calling that a successor. So we had 200 people come, this was a success. Oh, we only had 15 come, that wasn't a success. And really, you and I know that it's not the number of people who come, but it's really what impact do we have. And the shift we want to make is from working with families because um, for, for sort of in a non-direct or non-goal-oriented way, but to say we have students who we are supporting in a learning trajectory here. We're supporting this growth and development and learning for all students. Our family engagement efforts should be aligned to that, should be working with us so that we're helping families understand this, these are the things your child is learning to do. These are the things that they're going to, to know by the end of this grade. And here's how you can help. Here's how you can be aware of their progress. Here's how you can help your child. This is the particular area he or she is working in. And here's how you can be talking to them about that. And so you can be aware about that. Really, headcounts have little meal, meaning, you know, we, we can sometimes when it, it's, our actions are more vague, you know, we're going to have an open house or we're going to have a, a, a muffins with mom, you know, we have these sort of less vague or, or we do it because we've always done it or we feel in some way we, we have to do this. But we know we're not reaching all families when we do things like that. If you think about, you know, a, a, a sort of a typical literacy night, it's going to be on a certain day of the week in a certain location. And there are people who are working who won't be able to attend. There are people who are um, uh, very busy working um, with family, with family obligations. Transportation can be a big issue. Yes, yes. Transportation can be a big issue. Um, other issues around, you know, families who um, know that it's going to be difficult to understand. And I don't actually know that, you know, we all are, especially now, we all have such little margin in our time and energy. And so we're all weighing, even before the pandemic, I think we, on every, any given night, we're all weighing sort of, I have, we have all these things we could be doing tonight. What are the things I'm going to do or even, or during the day? And so we're having to choose. And so if I, if it's not clear to me that this is really going to benefit my child, that there's really anything that super important that I need to know, you know, there's many reasons why. And then we have to think about families for, who may have had um, numerous negative in, um, uh, yeah. interactions with schools, right? And that sometimes that can be generational, right? We have families who for generations have just not had great experiences with education system. And so um, there's, in, in those ways, so, so what's the shift? I, I'm talking about the problem too much. Let's talk about the shift. So really what we're, we're talking about is Number one thing, being very goal-oriented in what we do. And that goal should be around student learning, student development, well-being of students, right? So as we look at that, then we really need to think about who all do we need to reach? How do, how, and how can we reach them? We like to, in our center, talk about universally designing family engagement. Yeah. I think a lot of teachers are, are familiar with universal design for learning, where we design our instruction so that every student in the classroom can access it in a way that they can understand, can express their learning. And so for family engagement, it's much the same way. It's how do we design this so that every family can access it, whether it's language, time, 
the way that we provide it. You know, it could be an event at the school, but perhaps you can also read about it. Perhaps you can also watch a recording of it. Maybe also you can just talk to another parent and they'll give you the high points and the information that you need. So there's so many different ways. If we think about family engagement, say, what's the goal? If we're more focused on the goal for students, what families need to know, be able to do, what we want to share with them. And then we sort of think about where, how do we universally design this so everyone is, can have access to this information and have a way that they can um, support their child's education. Yeah, it sounds like it's, it's really a move away from being an activity to building a culture of engagement in your organization to, to really make it just part of who you are and what you do to get the best outcomes for kids. So that, that's really exciting that you guys are, are, are pushing the work in that direction. You know, a lot of us, are, our only experience is the back to school night. And it sounds like you, know, it, you guys are being really intentional about, about moving to a, a new paradigm of that. You know, we are, and what, what we're working to do is, is also to, to show how family engagement is, um, it, we want to move it from this very broad concept of family engagement, because I think sometimes if we had 20 people in a room and we said, you know, family engagement, 20 people would have 20 different ideas of what that looked like. I, I sometimes say it's like, it's like you and I saying, let's go play sports outside. Yeah. And well, well, what sport? And, and then what position? And then, you know, like there's, there's a lot more specificity around this. And so we are looking at effective family engagement in order to promote attendance, effective family engagement around high school and middle school, and effective family engagement around supporting positive student behavior, or when students are receiving an intervention to support their behavior, what does it look like to engage with their families well? Or when we think about students with exceptionalities and post-secondary transitions, how do we engage families well there? So really digging down to the work that schools are doing and thinking, what, it, what is the most effective way to engage with and partner with and support and equip families in this way, in this aspect. Um, and part of that is also, you know, we think about culturally relevant or responsive family engagement. That's a, that's also another way, another, uh, that in order to be sort of effective in our practices, we need to make sure that we are responsive to that. It's part of that universally designing family engagement is thinking about, what are the cultures of our students and our families? Number one, being aware and knowing them. Number two, valuing them. And number three, saying, how do we really connect and make this real and relevant? And we see that happening in Columbus at Eakin Elementary School. They're, they're, we have some videos of them on our website that we think they're just such a wonderful example. And we know that's happening all around Ohio, or we see the after-school programs from Columbus State are just another place where we see that happening in a really a beautiful and effective and authentic way. Um, so, so, and also, you know, another thing that we're, is the importance of, of the voice of families informing and affecting our systems and our education. Right. And so, so, we plan for family engagement, and I like to say it's, we're kind of guessing unless we have families at the table, unless we have family input into that. Yeah, I think about that a lot because, you know, you, you think about the student engagement, you know, from an instructional standpoint, 
And a lot of times, you know, you'll be having a discussion with an educator who's just a really uh, expert in their content area and has a lot of teaching experience and and has some really well-designed, amazing lessons and that they are like, oh, I'm I'm going to the vault and I'm going to pull out this great lesson. But if you don't know what your kids are interested in and what they care about and those type of things... You can't plan properly to engage those those kids. And so it's kind of the same thing with the families. Like if you don't know them well and and what they care about and what they need, it, it makes this work difficult. You're just throwing darts and kind of hoping for the best. You, you, you say that so well. That's so true. There is... Um, <laughs> Folks in, in, in our field will sometimes talk about the family's funds of knowledge. There was a researcher, Oliver Mole, who was um, the person who sort of first coined that phrase. But what we, when we work with teachers, we like to give them tools and perspectives around how do you sort of get to know the families of your students so that you can make those connections to your instruction. When we engage with families well and we have that a relationship enough with them and an understanding of their of culture, of interests, of home life, their values, what Oliver Mole calls funds of knowledge, right? When we pull us together, then our instruction can be so much more effective. And then students are able to make that, you know, sometimes we call it the prior knowledge, right? Connections with prior knowledge or pulling, or if we think about the relevancy in learning, you know, that connection of when am I going to ever use this? How does this apply to life? That's where families are often the connectors. And so this idea, like you're saying, of really knowing our families helps improve our instruction. That's amazing. So uh, with everything that's going on in the world right now, you know, what are some strategies to help support educators and families as we navigate you know, this current virtual and blended environment we're dealing with? Yeah, well, I think that communication between home and school is always priority one. So thinking about that in the current environment, I think there's, there's another thing about communication that is always true. And I think in family engagement, what we're kind of seeing now is there are these things that are always true, but now let's interpret it for now. So communication being two-way, I mean, we call it sometimes reciprocal, right? So that we are informing, we are also hearing from, we're listening to families. That's really important now. And for school districts and schools that were doing that really well, they were able to just sort of pivot and say, okay, well, this is how we communicated well. This is how we were listening to families. We'll just do it in a different way now. But if we didn't already have that system, it's hard to sort of just pivot, right? Because we might have to start something new that we hadn't done before. So we see this in... Um, There's some good things about communication, and one of them, so I want to really, I think schools are good at informing families. It's the listening aspect. We like to talk to schools about developing a culture of listening. So we can listen in some ways. So when that's regular, families can expect it, right? So I know that there's going to be regular office hours. There's going to be a regular Zoom meeting with the superintendent. That the teacher, I can reach the teacher at this time and won't be disturbing the teacher or in some way, um, I think we're all very aware that everyone's working really hard right now. And for some, it's, for some families, I think we need to acknowledge that they, we, we may be thinking, well, why aren't they contacting? But sometimes it's, well, who am I to ask? Who am I to question? Yeah. So being accessible, putting, 
making sure that as professional educators, we are, make, we are making ourselves accessible in a regular, dependable way. I think surveys can be effective. Um, and sometimes that's a way of sort of getting the pulse on many families, but they're not as effective. They are more effective if we can say to families, because of what you said, we have now done this. It's that responsiveness. This is what we heard from you and reporting back to folks. Otherwise, we all get kind of tainted on surveys. I think you probably have felt oh, yeah. that way before. I think supporting, you know, families with like interests. So if we have families of new kindergarten students. That's a real interest group there. And so speaking to groups of families and helping families connect with one another. Families are a great source of information for each other as well. And when we see school districts like uh, Cleveland Heights, University Heights, I think right now is a great example of a school district that's pulling together groups of families and supporting them and, um, you know, they might host the meeting. So that families with like interests. It might be um, families of graduating seniors, or it might, you know, so we're helping to bring groups of families together. We're listening to all families in some ways. And then with teachers, that our teachers are able to connect with families regularly. We advocate for having sort of a system so we know that we're, we've touched base with everyone. We're hearing from folks. And then when teachers do hear of a need or an interest of families, that they're able to relay that to our school counselor, our school social worker, our principal, our family school liaison, someone who can, you know, take action um, and support, you know, if we need families connecting to other resources and things. So that listening is super important this time. So doing that through technology and also offering it for some families, like I talked about universal design before, you know, it could be a phone call, it could be on Facebook, and a Facebook group, right? There's so many ways. And I talked about, it's, I, I'm probably going to say two things now, and I hope it's not, you know, I don't feel like I'm talking at odds with myself, but so we want to be able to offer families multiple ways, right? In a way that they can access it and understand it, make use of it. The other thing, though, is sometimes if, and I, you might be experiencing this yourself, if you are a, a parent, imagine this, you know, you have a, a single parent who has four children, the single parent is, say, working in healthcare, and those children might be in elementary, middle, and high school, and they, all of those children, teachers are assigning different learning platforms, different websites. They each have a different way to connect. You have a, then have a family member, a parent who, who, so I have a high school student who might have six different teachers and they're all using different ways. It, it becomes overwhelming. We really advocate for schools, if not whole districts, to think have consistent platforms, consistent ways that they, things, uh, tools that they are using to reach families so that families aren't torn in so many different directions. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've, we've got, you know, a two-parent household and, you know, everybody's employed and, you know, no one's been sick. We've been, been very blessed to, to make it through, you know, a very difficult situation and it can really push us to our wit's end just trying to manage, you know, the, the children that are school age that are in school right now and the different things. You know, we have an intermediate school age child and a high school student. And I, I can't even imagine, you know, you really do need to kind of think about it from a place of, of empathy and understanding for what are you asking these parents to do just to make it possible 
for them to participate in education, mm-hmm. let alone engagement or anything like that. You're right. Yes. And I wasn't talking about having the, having the resources, the actual equipment and having space right. and having connectivity. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, you know, that computers and, and Wi-Fi, it's becoming the pencils and paper. Of education, right? We we need to really be advocating for and supporting our families and having the resources. It's much like if we want families to read with their young children. We want them to talk about the words on the page. We want them to, you know, be um, sharing and having their child read to them. And if the, but then if they don't have access to books, right? So so it's just you know paying attention to what what equipment do families need and how do we help families have access and get that equipment and be able to use it in a way that's helpful to their 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 children i think information too like i talked about listening supporting conversations being regular and dependable in that uh, accessible being like streamlined you know having a looking across the system and that's really kind of having a family focused approach to um to say the the learning platforms, or you know, kind of getting into the seat of the family member, and saying what is the what is their experience, sort of what is the user experience of this. It's also though with if we're offering um, other supports, if we're offering meals, if we're trying to connect folks to um, other. Uh, resources for families? Are we doing it in a way that is sort of child by child, school by school disjointed? Or are we doing it in sort of a very unified way that, okay, in your family, you have that high school or middle school or elementary schoolers. Here's here's a family-oriented approach to meeting needs and supporting you versus um, kind of the more uh, scattered or, or less family-oriented way. Um, Absolutely. So this has been a, such a fun conversation. Uh, how can people get a hold of you if you, they want to know more about uh, what you do and, and the things they have available over there? Oh, I, I can't tell you how happy I would be if people reached out to us. Um, so our probably our website is probably the best sort of one place to go. And then you can find out other resources uh, from us and other ways to connect. And so our, our website is Ohio Families Engage osu.edu so it's all one word ohiofamiliesengage.osu.edu and from there you can subscribe to newsletters and find our twitter and our emails and uh, locate all kinds of resources as well all right well once again i'd like to thank you uh, it's barbara boone from the statewide family engagement center at the ohio state university thanks for joining us today Uh, If you'd like to know more about upcoming family engagement events and the work we do here at the SST11, go to our website. We're at sst11.org or give us a call at 614-753-4694 or hit us up on Twitter. We're at SSTregion11. For specific family engagement questions and SST support, uh, email Kim Fosna. She's at K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y dot f-a-u-s-n-a-u-g-h at e-s-c-c-o dot o-r-g and if you'd like to get a hold of me i'm at e-r-i-c dot n-e-a-l at e-s-c-c-o dot o-r-g until next time i'm eric neal thanks for listening